0: First of all, I want to greet you all in the precious name of Jesus. This past week has been the most terrible week for me emotionally that I had for six years. I want everyone to know Satan is real. And Satan is mighty. But we serve a God that is almighty. He cannot defeat us if we don't allow Him to. I didn't know if I was going to be able to preach today. I was an emotional wreck. And Friday, I felt better in the morning. Oh, good. Praise the Lord. And maybe finally, God has been hearing. See, it just had felt like there was a big void between me and God. It was just, I couldn't connect. And I kept falling. And I kept falling. And I was totally worn out. Had nothing to give to the family. Anyway, Friday, I felt better. Well, even said, hey, hey your voice sounds better. Then at noon, I met with a brother, shared a little of my struggles. I just had to get it off my chest. I mean, I've been talking with Luella about it, but sometimes a man needs a man. And a woman needs a woman to really understand. Not negating the spouse, but we need other men and other women in our lives. I need other men. And just the relief I felt by someone sitting there for 10 minutes and listening. He didn't have to say anything. All I had to do was listen. Well then, Saturday morning I woke up. Everything was quiet in the house. Everybody was sleeping. <coughs> so I went out in the living room and just cried out to God. I said, God, you know, it's my turn tomorrow. And in this, in this, the way my heart is, It's not fair for the congregation. I can't preach. You see, numerous times this has happened to me. Is what I'm teaching on, what I'm planning on teaching, what I'm studying about. That's exactly what my family struggles in. But this time it was me. Anyway, the tools that I am teaching you work, because they did yesterday morning. I had to get my toolbox out and start praying earnestly, deep from within the heart, not a heady prayer, but it's got to come deep within the heart. You've got to want it to change. And today, I am free, and I am on fire for Jesus Christ. And I am ready to share his word and what he has been teaching me. I hope I don't make it go too late, but let them taters fry, I guess. Um, he has given me a message, and it's a message that it's, it's me I didn't, I didn't have the neglected locked heart, but I had a neglected heart. So this is personal. And this is real. And many, many suffer from it. So we want to continue now in these various hearts. As I said, today is the neglected heart. First of all, you know, I sense God laying this on my heart that we need to go through these various hearts because everyone has been hurt sometime or another in different ways and we react differently. So we all, here at Berea, we all need healing. We can all heal more. And not saying that they're just terrible wounds, but at times, like this, it came back again. Satan doesn't care if we prayed through it already. He doesn't care if I prayed through it a hundred times. If he can get me at the right moment, he's going to bring it again. So then we have to, this is not a program to go through. This is life. It's a daily walk. The second reason is I sense a need for all of us to go deep into our hearts and allow God to show us and, and we need to be honest with ourselves. If there's anything in our heart today that will that affects us in a negative way. So are you whitewashed or are you washed white? So many people today are whitewashed and not washed white. This is what Jesus had to say to the scribes and Pharisees. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye may clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within there they are full of extortion and excess. Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter, that the outside of them may be clean also woe unto you scribes and pharisees hypocrites for ye are all for ye are like unto white white whitest sepulchers tombs which indeed appear beautiful outward but are within full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness even so ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men but within you are full of hypocrisy and iniquity God just showed that to me and said, Laverne, this is real today. Many of us are living right there. On the outside, everything looks good. We have this nice smile. But you know what? There's something we can't hide. The eyes are the light of the body, right? That's what the Bible says. So you're smiling and the eyes are crying. That's hypocrite. I'm not saying it's wrong to smile, but let's not fake it. Let's not come to church thinking, showing everything is okay when inside we are a total mess. We need someone to help us. It's a hypocrite. Jesus calls us a hypocrite if that's how we are. We dare not go on. It's not a shame to be struggling. The shame is if we deny it. You see, on the farm... You know, whitewashed is external and the washed white is internal. On the farm, every now and then on the dairy farm, we go and whitewash the barn. Everything is so clean. looks so good. But guess what's underneath that? Spider webs, dirt, you name it, you just can't see it. That's how many of us try to do. But we need Jesus Christ come inside and to wash us white and automatically it will come out to the outside then you're clean and we can't fool God for the Lord seeth not as man seeth for the man looketh on the outward appearance but the Lord looketh on the heart we can't fool him Okay, so someone with a neglected heart normally struggles with negative thoughts. Maybe I should stop and share a little what I said. This is real to me. As a boy growing up, I want you, please, before I even start, I am not looking down on mom and dad. But I had to understand why I do the things I do, why I respond the way I respond is because of what had happened. Because I love mom and dad dearly. We have a good relationship, but emotionally I was neglected. I was not allowed to be a little boy. Emotionally I had to be this young man when I was a little boy everything had its place and everything was that way Um, I wasn't allowed to go out and play in the mud puddle in fact there was a punishment if I had stepped in it and I wasn't allowed to make decisions you know this sounds critical this sounds negative you know it's but this is real When I was 18, I was still told if I could go on this trip or not, or whatever. Then I married at 22. And here was this 22-year-old that was married. But emotionally, I was at 8. I had no clue how to make decisions. I couldn't lead. I didn't know how. That's why my life was a wreck. And I struggled deeply with negative thoughts. I want to protect mom and dad too, but I would grow up Many times I would hear mom saying, Oh, you know, something would happen that was worked against her. Then she would always seriously be crying, you know, and just, Oh, if I could just die. Oh, if. Can you imagine what that did to this little boy? But guess what? That's the negative thoughts I had. I understand why mom was the way she was. Because she was neglected at home. This is what helps. This is why we can love them so much. It's not that we're critical. We can now understand why she was that way. Still is that way. They have a low (coughs) self-esteem. I didn't even trust myself. They see themselves as victims rather than victors. Emotionally, they respond like a young child. They have rejection issues. Oh, that was huge for me. They can't trust others. Therefore, they can't relax in a relationship in fear of being rejected again. Is if you have not been emotionally loved, you can't connect to another person emotionally. You can physically connect, but emotionally you can't connect. You can't give what you don't have just with Anything. If I wouldn't have this in my hand, I couldn't give it to you. That's exactly how it is with emotion, emotional love. They like confidence. Normally they're insecure. Young ladies turn to cosmetics or excessively fixing their hair. Seeking for affirmation. They try to keep up with the latest styles and fashions. Trying to be somebody. You know that's a desire of every child's heart. They want to belong. They want to be somebody. Do you believe There are 80 year olds dancing around in their heart, wondering if someone will notice. Am I beautiful? They're seeking affirmation. They may go to the grave, never get it. But God will. God said He is a father to the fatherless. If we turn to Him, He will give us affirmation. We are precious, precious in His sight. Very precious. Young men, they try to be tough. Have those bulging muscles, lifting weights. That's what makes them a man. Some of us parents, we promote that. Man, you're becoming a man. Look at those muscles. I'm sorry, that's not what makes you a man. It helps to have muscles. Or they get their ego boost by this big truck that's got... That's so loaded they'll never get the money out of it. Is that a man? Or they have this car all fixed up. Never ever going to get their money out of it. But yet that's what makes them a man. That's what's going to get them there, that woman. It's not. Fathers were failing. We're not affirming our sons and daughters, where they know they're needed, they're wanted, and they're not taught what makes them. It's their inner character that God created them to be. That's what makes them a man. That's what makes them a woman. If, I'm gonna get it. Both suffer because the father is very likely neglected his duties. So what causes the neglected heart? They were emotionally neglected, abandoned, and or rejected as a child. They were not held or touched in a loving manner as a child. Many know they are loved, but if they go deep inside, do they feel loved? There's no question in my mind, I was loved to no end at home in mom and dad's heart. But emotionally, I didn't feel it. Dad was always busy. I think I remember two times where he was out playing ball with me. When your son asks for basketball, you know what he's asking? Dad, can you get this ball so you play basketball with me? That's really what he's saying. He doesn't just want the ball. He wants your time. You see, the parents have neglected spending quality time. You know, they might be there with them. And, you know, we might even be so good that we're sitting there and we're reading the Bible. And our child is sitting there suffering because the face is behind the book, even if it's a good book. When he needs or she needs you at that moment, we dare not neglect them. Because we must remember, a child spells love. They don't know how to spell it yet. They spell love T-I-M-E till they go to school. You see, we can't get up get wrapped up in just working and working and working. Well, I got to make money. I got to get this or whatever. And we never look at seeing, okay, what can we cut out so we don't have to work so much so we have more time? But no, we schedule our working so we can keep doing what we're doing. That's backwards. Then we work and work. Or there's things that... Um, that we can't think about. There's things in our heart and we just can't think about it, so we're driven. We just work and work and work so we don't have to think. And guess what? Our children grow up. What happens to them? They're working and working because that's how you take care of the troubles. The problems that are within, that's just how you get over it. You just keep working and keep working. That way you don't think. You better stay busy. Where is the beast still and know that I'm God? You know, we're working and working and working. Then we come to church. Whoo, man, I'm out. Because I'm so tired, I can't help it. Now, if work starts coming and interfering with our spiritual life, it's an idol. It's a God. Little energy. It has become a God because we're working and we're neglecting our most important calling is our relationship with God. We're neglecting it and it causes children to grow up in that home neglected. And then they will suffer. I'm not saying we don't work for a living. You know, what legacy have we left our children? Or what legacy are we leaving? Is it to be focused on making sure that in our retirement years, we can live like no one else can? or is it that we have relationships? What's important? Because we don't have to tell them. They can see what's important, and that's what they're gonna follow. Destroy a relationship just as long as you keep making money so you can live comfortably in the end. Just trampling over people. Or if just being focused on money. You know, and those children normally lack nothing. Really, they can have—they have everything. They give them big gifts for Christmas or whatever. But in their heart, emotionally, they're starved. They're dying. But outwardly, they have everything. you know we get wrapped up in this American dream where we just need that extra dime just another dime okay so then we we're older we now have that extra dime the children have grown up and left where are the children was it worth it is it worth it because when we take our last breath Is money going to mean anything? I don't think it will. I don't care if I have $159 billion in my savings account. One penny won't mean nothing when I take my last breath. But my wonderful children being by my side will mean everything. So what am I pursuing? I'd rather go in the grave with nothing in my savings account and have all my children than to go whatever. So let's live today as if money means nothing. Because in the end, it's not going to mean anything. That's not saying we don't work, that's not saying we don't save, but where's our focus? I'm getting all mixed up here. And one way that we can try to stay focused is remember that the children are the only possession we have that we can take along to heaven. That's the only thing we have that we can take along. Otherwise, we can take nothing. I don't care how beautiful the home is. I don't care how beautiful your car, whatever. It's not going along. But the children will. Can. Let's make sure we've done all. (coughs) And they were not affirmed as a child. That's what causes the locked heart, uh, the uh, emotional locked heart. See, when your daughters are growing into adulthood, focus on their inner beauty, their character. See, that's the way God created them. So many times, our daughters may not hear that they're beautiful until they're dressed beautifully. What, does it, what happens? What, where's the focus then? It's the outer beauty is what we're focusing on. So when Dad stops saying, oh, you're beautiful, then they start going to something else. Well, I got to fix something up, see if dad notices me now. But if we continue to focus on their inner, the inner hidden man of the heart, what Paul says. But the worst thing you can do is not notice her at all. Just give them a hug. and Let them know how special they are. Make them feel loved. You see, many times the fathers become uncomfortable when the, te- the uh, o- young ladies get up close to the teens, they start maturing, that's when the fathers normally kind of back off. That's when they need you the most. They still need those hugs. Seeing how beautiful they are when they might think they're a mess. See, sometimes it gets to the place where the young ladies despise their bodies because that's when dad stopped giving her attention. They would rather be that little girl. So the next time your daughter gets up out of bed, have this terrible hairdo, and just, you know, pajamas maybe hanging off the side and she looks afraid just go up to her and give her a hug say you are so beautiful because it's that quiet gentle spirit that's in you you're just beautiful I can't help but loving you that's focusing on the inside because they know on the outside they're not beautiful what we call beautiful (coughs) Honey, you're so beautiful this morning. You're loving and gentle spirit. This is just a sample. It's a blessing in our home. See, they're needed. I just love how God created you. I am blessed that you're my daughter. She belongs. When she feels the least beautiful, that's when you cause her to feel the most beautiful. So when your son is growing up into adulthood, encourage him to grow in the Lord. He's going to be the leader of the home. Encourage him to grow in the Lord and how to lead and how to um, just make sure he's prepared. That teach him to focus on his character. How God has created him and to pursue the strength that he has for the Lord. Our son, both of our sons do a good job with when we're coming home or whatever, they'll open the door for mom. I don't do this often enough, but they need the affirmation. You have become such a young man. Opening the door for mom was a manly thing to do. Your loving kindness I- is needed in this home. I'm blessed that you're my son. And by the way, James and Jared, I mean that. And land the samples that I have, I had to think of you. It's a blessing. The reward that you have, this just came to my mind, and this is not to toot my horn. The youth came home from the Mission week, and so I saw Leanne there. So I went up and just gave her a hug and said, um, "How's my beautiful young lady doing?" And I'm glad she's home. And the way she looked in my eyes, the admiration—it's worth it. I'm her hero. These are times when, see these God has given me this wisdom as far as I was not shown this was not at home. I was never told or anything about, you know, dad never told me it, you know, I'm just glad you're my son or whatever. I just never heard it. And you know, I still yearn for that. I do. But you know, God the Father. just says, you're my beloved son, and I'm all pleased. It's okay, he's my father. I don't have to be bitter at dad. I don't have to be bitter. Because know what? My dad is far gentler, nicer, whatever, a more spiritual leader than what my grandpa was. My dad did good. And for me, I'm hoping my sons will step (coughs) on my shoulders and go from there. Because I failed miserably, and hopefully they can learn from that. (coughs) So most of all, however you want to do it, make sure that the children know that they are needed and... uh, not slip me. They're needed, they're cherished, and they're loved. They're very, very special. No matter how they look, they are wonderfully and fearfully made by God and made in His image for His purpose. And that's not to see how pretty we can look not wrong looking nice. Please don't get me wrong. Let's not focus there. So how do we resolve? I don't want to leave you here. I want to keep walking through at a time. Mm -hmm. First of all, the only place I can take you for complete healing is Jesus. There's that verse again. This was prophesied in Isaiah, which this is what in Luke 4 The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed or crushed. Jesus also said, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Are we not all poor in the spirit? We all need the gospel preached to us. we all need that good news that about Jesus Christ and we've all been broken hearted so we all need his healing see we've all been captive to sin we're born in sin nature so we all need Jesus to deliver us out of that captivity And I think I can say we all have been spiritually blind. Sometime or another in our life. We've been spiritually blind. And he opens those eyes. Sometimes in our lives, we've been oppressed. And I just was last week again. So we constantly, every day, we need Jesus. Jesus. To set us free. If Jesus shall make you free. You shall be free indeed. There is no other freedom. As free as what Jesus Christ is. So. Let's say your spouse. Has been neglected. Or. um, Older children. Or maybe just anyone. Whoever. Would come to you. And uh, would desire. Help. I feel so neglected, I just feel worthless. Start meeting with her or him and just hold them for about 10 to 30 minutes a day. Non sexually, just. And you can even just be there. I've heard testimonies where dad just sat beside the daughter, said no word, nothing, just sat there, knowing the daughter is struggling. And later the daughter said, Dad, you don't know how much that meant. Just being there. Doing nothing but just sitting there and just caring. And if you do talk to them, you know, tell them how much you care for, love, and cherish them. Talk to their heart. It can take two months even. Till the the emotional blocks are finally actually opening up. Depends how severe. Now and if you have a neglected heart, very likely you'll also have bitterness. Resentment. Why Dad? Why mom? I needed you so much at that time and you weren't there it can cause you to become bitter. So you pray through your bitterness. This is a sample. Lord, I choose to forgive mom or dad or even other people. Maybe maybe you've been neglected by us as pastors. Forgive us, because we're not perfect. But also, when you feel you need someone, don't be ashamed you also have a responsibility to come and make it known could we meet because we can not always see your heart we don't want anyone slipping through the cracks that is not our desire for causing me to feel neglected or whatever you want to put in there so unloved or whatever I am willing to pay for the emotional pain this is key you must be willing To pay for that emotional pain. Because Jesus Jesus Christ has paid for yours. And the consequences that whoever has caused me. I ask you Lord Jesus to take back the ground that you've given to the enemy. Through your bitterness. When we become bitter. We give ground to Satan. And if you want victory. You must ask him to take that back. And give it to his control. And then also there is ask him, you know, once you've taken that pain, I don't I didn't have that prayer in here now. Is ask Jesus if you can give him that pain that they've caused, because you are assuming that pain. They never have to pay for it. You are assuming that debt. So and then Jesus will gladly take it. That's what he came for. He came to set us free. Then allow Jesus to heal the pain. Lord, I feel so unwanted. Would you come in and speak peace to my pain? Would you heal my heart so that I can respond emotionally how you have created me to respond? ask him to heal that part of your heart so you can start responding the way you should. Then last but not least, let's make sure we remember to thank him for healing the heart. Thank you Jesus for speaking your peace to my heart and healing my pain. I choose to respond from a heart that is filled with your love, joy, and peace. In that then we can have a heart that can give and receive love. Isn't Jesus wonderful? You can't help but love him. Knowing how wretched that I've been, but yet he just reaches out again and again. With that amazing love, let's pray. (laughs) Heavenly Father, thank you so much for loving us the way you love us. Thank you so much. How you just yesterday, had lifted me up out of that miry clay again. I feel so unworthy. Jesus. I love you with all my heart. Thank you for what you've been doing in this congregation. Thank you how you heal and how you bring victory. Because we recognize that only in you, Jesus, is victory. So I pray, Father, for each one here, that if they have not experienced that victory, Father, that today would be the day. That their hearts would be open to you. Father, as I've been praying, that they would open their hearts to receive what you have for them today. Just bless them, Father. Speak peace to them. Show them how much you love them. We want you to be praised and glorified because you alone are worthy of everything. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.